Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Oh Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Start now. OMG. It's not Monday. It's Tuesday. It's the beginning of a new week from a long weekend. I don't know. It feels like a Tuesday. But, you know, uh, producer Vanessa had to remind me because it's the first day back. So, you know, sometimes you can forget. It feels like a Tuesday. How was your but, July 4th weekend? Well, I don't acknowledge the 4th, um, but okay. I do acknowledge having a good time. And I had one, um, lots of drinks, lots of fellowshipping with friends, and um, a lot of new friendships. Oh. And so, I, you know, it was a very enjoyable time. You know, I just got a... Never drink again. I, I don't know if I'm the only one fe- feeling that way, but it's real. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. The alcohol. The the. There was one moment. Me and Char, myself, friend of the show, friend of Channel Q. Um, we went to Rocco's. Uh, we spent a night in West Hollywood. Got really, really wow. Um, and we ended <laughs> up walking into Rocco's, skipping the line. We were so drunk at this point. Well, Didn't I even guess that worked for you. Yeah, I mean, it worked for us. It, we walked right in. Iggy Azalea was there maybe like an what? hour before. Oh, okay. Now like, she had just left. She had just left. And we walked right up to her, her, um, her, like, I guess her section. She had all these, like, it was like a buffet of boneless wings. And we you walked ate right it? in and we just, we had a town <laughs> on the boneless wings. You ate someone's leftovers? Yeah, they were fresh. They were new. I appreciate that because that's something you always want to do. And only when you're drunk do you actually have the courage to do it. We had the boldness it. of just walking in, no one yep. telling us. You know, sometimes what you, that's that's a lesson on life. If you feel like you don't belong somewhere, get drunk and just pretend like you do. <laughs> Look at courage. Wow. Well, it was incredible. It good was really for good. You. It was a really fun time. Uh, well, we've got a lot coming up on the show today. We've got an attorney who fights for foster children and their LGBTQ plus families joining us to discuss the latest Supreme Court ruling. That's at 3.35 p.m. Pacific, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. Plus, updates on Britney Spears' conservatorship in the T-Report in a moment with Ryan. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Miami-Dade Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava announced that four more victims have been discovered in the rubble of the Champlain Towers South Building in Surfside, Florida. At least 32 people have died and 113 remain unaccounted for following the uh, June 24th partial building collapse. 
Surfside Mayor Charles Burkett told CNN that search efforts on the scene are, quote, at 100% full strength. The building was actually fully demolished on Sunday night in a controlled explosion, which he says opened up a previously unreachable area for rescuers. But now it doesn't end there. Tropical Storm Elsa is expected to move up Florida's western coastline. We'll tell you more about that and what's to come next with Ken Charles from KNX News. Uh, but first, more news here. With the U.S. having fallen short of um, the July 4th vaccination goals, President Biden is again urging Americans to get the vaccine, calling it the patriotic thing to do. Here he is. Seems to me it should cause everybody to think twice. And it should cause reconsideration, especially in young people who may have thought that they didn't have to be vaccinated, didn't have to worry about it, didn't have to do anything about it up to now. But the good news is that our vaccinations are highly effective. Fully vaccinated Americans have a high degree of protection, including against this Delta variant. Okay. That's one way to celebrate uh, July 4th. The patriotic thing to do is get a vaccine, whatever works, whatever. I mean, (laughs) everybody was around each other and the Delta variant is really about to kick our behinds if we're not safe. Yep. Well, another thing to look out for, poppers. For all the popper users out there, the FDA wants you to stop buying and using them. In a June 24th release, the FDA issued a warning urging consumers against the sale and use of the chemical inhalant alkyl nitrate that's known as poppers after an increase in reported deaths and hospitalizations linked to it. They called out several specific and widely known popper brands by name. They said there was an increase in reports of deaths, hospitalizations, as I mentioned, with issues like severe headaches, dizziness, increase in body temperature, difficulty breathing, extreme drops in blood pressure, and brain death after ingestion or inhalation of poppers. It has to only be straight people dying of this because... Gays have been doing it for decades. It's everyone. This is for everyone, Ryan. No, gay people are not going to stop using poppers because they've used them responsibly for years. And here's the thing. If straights would just mind their business and stop trying to be all in the gay club sniffing poppers to get a head high under the club lights, then we wouldn't be having the FDA saying this and making this announcement at the end of Pride Month, I might have to tell you. You know, that was a choice. Well, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Well... Britney Spears wants her lawyer to get to work, bitch. Oh. It's time for the T-Report. I can't say it. We've said it before. I just said it. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So it's been 13 days after Britney revealed to the world about the truth behind her conservatorship. And now she's calling out her lawyer. Her court-appointed attorney still has yet to file the paperwork necessary to begin the process. Um, Brittany, according to sources, uh, telling Page Six exclusively, Brittany doesn't understand what the holdup is. She feels she's made it crystal clear in court that she wants the conservatorship terminated. But nearly two weeks later, she's still waiting for the petition to be filled or filed. Um, Brittany and Sam have been, you know, that's the lawyer, um, mm-hmm. have been in touch multiple times, according to another source, since her testimony. And during those conversations, she has reiterated to him that she wants him to file the paperwork to make this happen. So, I don't know what the holdup is. I don't know if uh, she need to get another lawyer because those are court-appointed attorneys. Sometimes don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, while all of this is going on, Larry Rudolph, the yeah. longtime manager of Britney Spears, has resigned 
during all of this entire situation that's going on. And apparently, he said that it was just because of retirement. He just wants to retire. But, I mean, the timing of this feels a little sketchy and strange. Seems like a, a bit too much room to handle right now. Yeah, I mean. He, he's in over his head. What a way to just leave her, though. You've been her manager forever. But that's your tea report. We got more coming up next hour. Um, before I get out of here, though, I want to tell you, you know, when you're listening to Channel Q on the Odyssey app, because I know you are, make sure to look for our new exclusive stations where you'll find even more music to listen to, like Beyonce Radio. Music created, uh, curated just for you off of our love for Honey All Things Beezus. Beyonce and Jesus, I did just make them <laughs> one word. Uh, Lady Gaga Radio. There's Club Odyssey Radio. I mean, there's even a channel called I'm Too 90s for This Dance and more. Simply download the Odyssey app and discover hundreds of new exclusive music stations. Girl, I'm telling you, it's everything. We're out here doing it for you. Get your life together and download the Odyssey app. Now, coming up on the show, Biden's latest plans in light of the new Delta variant that's next with the Washington Post. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As President Biden spoke on the 4th of July, the undercurrent of his message wasn't all celebratory, but rather concerning over the Delta variant of COVID-19. Joining us for more is data analyst Dan Keating from The Washington Post. Thanks for joining us. Oh, glad to. So what's the administration's latest approach to this? Well, they are really trying to uh, do everything they can to help the states, but in a lot of ways, the responsibility is on the states um, because it's very much about reaching out on a local level, individual level, doctor level. So there's not much they can do from Washington at this point. Yeah, and I also wonder, what are we seeing across the country? Are, is like the East Coast more vaccinated than the West and the Midwest? What does that really look like? Well, it very much looks like uh, a lot of maps on, on elections and stuff where the coasts look very different than the middle. So the East Coast and the West Coast are much more vaccinated than the middle, especially the South. But the upper Midwest is also pretty low for vaccination. So, you know, it is once again a pattern that we've seen in a lot of other ways. Definitely. And what about the variant? What are we seeing data wise since you are an analyst? Well, you know, the thing is, they spent a lot of time predicting that this previous variant was going to be the big deal this summer. Uh, the variant that used to be called the UK variant, they were, you know, predicting it would become the dominant variant by the summer, and that was everyone's focus. And then this Delta variant, which first emerged from India and has caused so much trouble now in the UK, it's taken over the from the UK variant in the UK, and it's now becoming huge in this country as much as maybe half the cases. So while they were bracing for the UK variant, the Delta variant has just sprinted right past it. And the big issue is that, you know, it's more contagious. So it it just, if you were getting by with the precautions you were taking before, there's a pretty good chance you, you your risks have gone up considerably because this spreads faster, spreads easier, gets from one person to another easier. Oh. The interesting thing, though, is uh, different states across the country were trying to do all of these incentives to get people vaccinated. It, it feels like it didn't work. <laughs> and I, I wonder, are we hearing what is going to be the next phase of trying to get these vaccination numbers up, especially since we've seen such a large drop? Well, things like the lottery and, you know, I don't know, like a Walmart or Costco uh, $10 card or something, I, I have not heard any good studies yet on that. But the thing 
that seems that people do seem to feel is working is getting the vaccine into something more like your actual doctor's hands rather than you having to go to a special clinic um, and having it, you know, in your supermarket, in your CVS or your other drugstore, whatever it is. That seems to be having um, more of an impact so that people can do it kind of casually, like, hey, get the you could get the vaccine and like, mm, OK, I will, as compared to having to go somewhere to get it, having to plan, schedule, make an appointment. All those kind of things seem to be what really kept the levels down. So the thing that seems to work, at least that some people are saying is working better, is just being able to make it something that people can do without a lot of extra effort. Yeah. And as someone who does the work that you do, what are you most concerned by right now? Like, is there anything surprising in terms of the numbers? I guess there's two things about it. One is, like I was talking about before, how it's more contagious. And so think about the fact that everybody right now is pretty psyched to walk around without a mask on, right? And to not have to social distance, to go out, to go to restaurants and bars and and have fun. And and not have to wear a mask. But, you know, if you're in L.A., about 60 percent or California as a whole, L.A. looks about the same. 60 percent of people are fully vaccinated. So if you're hanging out in a bar or restaurant and you look around, four out of 10 people probably aren't vaccinated. So if you're fully vaccinated, you know, you have a pretty good chance of being protected. But half the people or almost half the people in that room around you aren't protected and they're like trying to have as much they're having as much fun as all the protected people so that's the thing is it's not much fun right now to have to say well i'm not vaccinated so i'm gonna socially distance and wear a mask and not go out that's not happening people who aren't vaccinated are joining the party but they're not protected so that's you know the first thing and the second is this variant is having a seems to be having a much higher effect on hospitalizing young people so now you know, it used to be the hospitals were filled with people over 65, and then they were filled with people, a lot of them between 50 and 65. Now, the biggest group in the hospital we saw in the latest data is in the group between the ages of 20 or 18 and 49. So yeah. the idea that, well, I don't care if I get it, I won't get very sick. If you get sick enough for them to hospitalize you these days, because they actually have now some treatments that work pretty well outside the hospital that they didn't even have last year. So, A, they can treat you. If you get pretty sick, they can treat you outside the hospital. So, B, if you're sick enough to be in the hospital, you're pretty sick. Mm -hmm. So, this idea that, oh, I don't care if I get it because it's not a big deal, there's a lot of people that are in the hospital that are wishing they had known better. Definitely. Well, thank you. You know, those are the two things I'm seeing is it spreads faster. And, well, three things. A, it spreads faster. B, unvaccinated people are not being careful. And C, it's not always uh, a minor thing, even for young people that are getting hospitalized. Well, uh, that was Dan Keating, data analyst at The Washington Post. Thanks again. Thank you. Coming up, how Hurricane Elsa could potentially slow down the Miami condo search and more updates with KNX News next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The search is continuing after the condo collapse in Surfside, Florida, but now they're hitting another obstacle, a possible Hurricane. This is crazy. Ken Charles is back with us, program director at KNX 1070. Thanks, Ken, for being here. Of course. So what are you hearing now? I mean, what a continuing horrible turn of events. This, well, you know, listen, of, of all of the things, they are lucky that this storm is on the west side of the state going up towards the Tampa area and didn't take that, you know, turn to the north you know, 200 miles sooner so that it's going up the East Coast. So it could be a whole heck of a lot worse. They've certainly gotten some rain. Um, I've heard of, you know, 40 to 45 mile an hour gusts. The biggest challenge for them, though, is not now rain or wind. It's actually lightning from the storms that the outer bands create. Because, look, it's South Florida. It rains a lot. Those crews are used to adverse conditions, but by law in the state of Florida, if there's a strike of lightning within two miles of the area that they're working, they have to pause their efforts for 30 minutes. So lightning strikes, they have to pause. If there's another lightning strike inside that 30 minutes, the clock starts over again, and they have to continue pausing for 30 minutes. So the most difficult thing really this morning and now isn't the wind and the rain, it's lightning from the storms that are created by Elsa. Yeah, so you're telling me, because obviously there is still, um, I believe the latest was there is still 113 people who still remain unaccounted for. Correct. And so when they're taking these breaks, there's a possibility that people are still underneath there, and they have to take breaks like this constantly. Unfortunately, because of the lightning, and you know, look, lightning in Florida is not like lightning a lot of other places. It is deadly. And so unfortunately, that is part of state law that if lightning is within two miles of the area, um, they do have to break for 30 minutes. Um, Listen, we're at day 13 of this collapse. While I think, you know, I've heard a number of people talking about hope, um, and there certainly have been instances in earthquakes around the world where people have been found alive under similar rubble on day 13 or 14 or 15, Um, every hour and every day that goes by, um, 
becomes much more difficult for them to, you know, continue to have that hope that they're going to find their relatives um, and family members still alive. Wow. <sighs> and they also destroyed an, uh, the other part of the building, right? So they brought that down. And actually, you know, it, it sounds a little odd, but because of the, 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 the concerns for, you know, that building, by bringing it down, it allowed the um, search and rescue teams access to more parts of the original debris pile. So it's giving them better access to dig through all of that, and it's given them more opportunity. If they were going to find somebody, taking down that other tower helps the efforts, didn't hinder or hurt the efforts, despite having the stop for a number of hours as they prepared to demo it. Well, I could only imagine if we're talking about kind of, obviously it helped them do this, but it also, I could imagine, hurt the people that it's displaced who were living there and all the families who, you know, no longer have a home. Is there, have we heard anything from Florida and and, and the government aspect of this where they're helping families who have been displaced out of this building, specifically in that area? Listen, between the Red Cross and government facilities and others, there's all sorts of outreach, both, you know, spiritual and mental outreach, Mm -hmm. as well as the physical outreach of trying to help them with places to live, trying to help them rebuild their lives, because all of those families who survived, I mean, they weren't allowed to go in and get a lot of their personal belongings. And you've heard the stories of, um, you know, rescuers looking for pets that may have been abandoned when the families left those, the, those, that tower that was still up, but not finding any. And so you know, there's a lot of really terrible stories about loss in this, both human, both mental and spiritual, as well as physical. You know, this, there's no happy ending to this for any family that was involved living there. Okay, well, thank you again for those updates, Um, although they are really sad and hard to hear. uh, That was Ken Charles, Program Director at KNX 1070. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, um, you know, listen, there's a lot that we all have to be thankful for, Mm -hmm. and we should just remember that. And even, you know, there have been some amazing stories of families, you know, that have survived this, and also stories of hope that people are going through this and just sharing their stories of their loved ones. And so always out of tragedy comes some positive, um, and there is some here as well. Well, thank you so much again. Now coming up, there's a new pro-Trump app called Getter. We'll tell you more about it next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So we got a new app, folks. It's a social media platform called Getter. G-E-T-T-R. And um, it's a pro-Trump app. Oh, God. I knew it. When I heard get her, I automatically went to get her done, which is like the very country way of thinking. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, God. I was exact. I was going to let you finish first, but I was really about to interrupt you and say like, uh, like, uh, oh, this is the next app for white supremacists. Uh, well, it seems like it. And guess what? It's already been hacked. Yay. That's good. No, it, that's good news. It was launched last week by Jason Miller, who's a former spokesperson for Trump. And it was compromised after security researchers discovered a bunch of bugs and vulnerabilities. So already they have some big users, uh, like obviously Jason Miller, who started it, but Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, and some others who were hacked by at Juba Baghdad. Uh, and their accounts were all changed to include pro-Palestinian messages. 
like free Palestine. And the hacker said that the attack had been easy because the site just had poor security. <laughs> they should not publish the website before making sure everything, or at least almost everything, is secure. The hacker was testing them out. Oh, my God. Speaking of Marjorie Taylor Greene, and um, I don't think you said Matt Gates, but he's involved. They, like, wrote this, like, super fancy letter to come sp- uh, to, like, Britney Spears to come speak to the Congress. Did you did we talk about that? I, you saw I kind of saw it. Well, it's like, it seems like a trap. It honestly seems like, I don't know, like the like Hansel and Gretel, like the evil witch, like luring. Let's get her here. And let's we'll eat, help yeah. her. And so Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, uh, and other members of the Republican Congress wrote. And Matt Gates actually, which is so. What? Matt Gates actually is the person who originated the, like, he's the one who actually put this idea out there and was like, we're going to email, we're going to do this for Britney. I want to look like a savior, so. It's I, ironic. I can overshadow all the messed up stuff I'm doing. Very ironic. I want to free Britney and women because I've imprisoned so many women. <laughs> uh, yikes. No, and actually, Matt Gates did like a tweet of what's trending. My, I own well, what what's were trending. you tweeting that I he liked? Checked. I think it was about Britney Spears. He's like all up in that Britney stuff. Oh, I hope. Oh my uh, goodness. So, Rebrand what's trending. <laughs> just because of that. <laughs> So, um, unfortunately, um, even after making these fixes to the hacked site, the hacker says it's still vulnerable. And even the, this hacker was able to get all the personal information that was used for signing up for the site. So, you might not want to try Getter, but that was a little update of an app that's out there. Uh, but coming up, why this Utah Pride March is getting a lot of attention. That's next on our What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Coming up, the future of robots in the workplace. Plus, the wild prank this celebrity pulled on Seth Rogen. Ryan's got the tea in the moment on that. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. With regard to rising COVID-19 cases, here's what Press Secretary Jen Psaki had to say. There are much higher rates of vaccinations in some parts of the country over others, and we certainly support their decisions to implement any measures that they think will help their community safe. But I would remind you, we're at a point where we're almost at 70% vaccination rate for uh, we, well for 20 uh, adults 27 and older, but almost for adults 18 and older. So uh, certainly, we don't see we're on track to implementing new additional national measures. Well, at least 233 people were killed and 618 people were injured by gun violence in more than 500 shootings across the country during the 4th of July weekend. That is a big number, but it's actually a 26% drop from last year's holiday weekend, according to the latest data compiled by the Gun Violence Archive. The significant drop in shootings and shooting victims comes as major cities nationwide confront a surge in violent crime. Did you hear that, um, that cough? During that clip, mm, um, Saki. somebody coughed in the white, and you know the press secretary. Maybe room. I thought it was just you coughing. No, my mic wasn't on. Oh, I don't know. Somebody I, coughed. I don't even. Wow. I'm just saying how gross. While she's talking about COVID, I know, literally. <laughs> Now, numerous students at Brigham Young University, BYU, the Mormon anti-LGBTQ university in Provo, Utah, organized an unofficial BYU Pride March late last month, despite the school's ban on same-sex romantic behavior. While the march's actual student organizers have remained anonymous, over 1,000 people attended the march, including current and former BYU students. 
Their signs reportedly proclaimed, all are alike unto God and you are loved. An Instagram account for the march also appeared and the march's supporters have said they would like to repeat the event next year. So love that. An early Yaz queen. And that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so let's talk about this hilarious story that Seth Rogen decided to let us all know. Okay. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So um, basically, Seth Ro- uh, Rogen randomly revealed the celebrity who pranked him while getting a massage. Did you ruin it when you said it earlier? No, I didn't say the celebrity. Okay. Don't, okay. I got you. I, I just wanted to make sure. I couldn't remember if she did. You know, she's infamous of, of ruining my <laughs> tape reports. Um, Paul Rudd once tried to pull a prank on his pal, Seth Rogen, but it didn't go quite as well as he hoped. So Seth Rogen said he was once getting a massage at a hotel in Las Vegas when he turned over and realized uh, Paul was the one giving him the rub down. Seth said that he saw him go in and convince the uh, masseuse to let him take over, thinking, that Seth was going to notice immediately. Well, <laughs> it actually ended up being the entire time Paul Rudd had to give him a full massage before at, oh. literally at the end, um, Seth was like, oh, it was you the entire time. And so Paul Rudd honestly ended up regretting the fact that he ended up probably doing this joke because everyone was wondering, um, well, Seth gets high all the time. Is it true? Did you just imagine this? What's the actual you know, validity of the story? Mm-hmm. Well, Paul Rudd did confirm the story when reached out to for comment. He said, ah, it's 100% true. Can you imagine going in, doing like a, a joke, just being like, yeah, I'm just going to prank him. He's going to notice immediately 60 minutes later. <laughs> That's amazing. Amazing. You're still giving Seth Rogen's hairy back. I mean, that's amazing. A massage. Imagine it's, if I did that to you. Honestly, imagine if I did that to Seth Rogen. I would give him a massage <laughs> and maybe a happy ending. <laughs> I'm just saying. That'd be the awkward part. I'm like, so Paul just like joked him. around and he's like, okay. And he's like, it's Paul. <laughs> and that's actually really funny too because uh, fans were actually uh, joking if uh, Seth ended up getting a happy ending. But I guess not. We'll never know. We'll never know. I mean, I hope. Can you imagine Seth? Rogan, Paul Rudd. Yes, please. <laughs> All right, that's your team report. I got more coming up next hour. Now coming up, why the robot apocalypse looks different than we thought. And guess what? It's here. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's our taking over our jobs. It's happening, but how far will it go? I feel like we need some suspenseful music there. Emily Stewart is back with us, who's a Vox senior reporter. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So what is the current state of robots in the workplace? Is it really the way we thought it was going to be? Well, you know, I think that we've seen for so long, right, all of these warnings that the robots are going to take your job, they're coming for your job. That's why we say we can't raise minimum wages, example, right, because they'll just be replaced by robots, workers will be. Um, and there is happening to a certain extent, automation is happening, but I think like what I got into a recent story is that we're not talking enough about the ways that, that technology kind of changes work. And sometimes it can be for the better, but a lot of the times it's not, you know, there are all of these tools to monitor and manage and motivate workers that we've kind of seen, you know, pop up and maybe don't notice. And a lot of that's, you know, blue collar workers. We hear about it all the time in the Amazon warehouses, for example, how closely those people are monitored. Um, But it also shows up among, you know, white collar workers where your boss, especially when you're working from home, can can keep a lot of a closer eye on you than, than they used to be. Yeah, it's so strange to, when I read your article, to know about all of the, like, 
the lack of privacy mm-hmm. that these um, companies are really kind of putting on their employees. Can you go into a little bit of detail about that? Because how are they using technology in that way to kind of watch every move? Yeah. So one person I talked to offered up the example of like a delivery driver, like a FedEx, UPS, whatever. Years ago, you know, to if they wanted a driver to get a certain number of packages in a day, like maybe they'd offer a bonus, mm-hmm. right? Like if you make it, you know, then if you get 40 packages today instead of 30, we'll give you extra money. But now what happens is that companies like that can just monitor every, every, every little move that you are making. They tell you exactly where to go, exactly how long to go. Everything's being optimized. So instead of saying here's extra money if you make it, basically you're constantly being dinged because it knows it everything that you're doing. So maybe you spent three seconds too long here, or you parked a little bit wrong here, or you should have taken a different road. And so it kind of turns work into this kind of all sticks and no carrot situation in a way where it really takes away you know, your autonomy, your ability to kind of make decisions at your job and be creative to a certain extent. Um, but like your boss is always watching. Mm-hmm. And so instead of incentivizing you kind of with, with rewards, they're kind of threatening you, um, you know, if you if you don't do exactly what the system that is watching all the time says that you should do. Yeah, and how can that impact human behavior and mental health? I mean, how sustainable is that? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. And even you know, I would talk to a Lyft driver for this story, and he said, you know, like obviously we're being like with them, they are being incentivized sometimes to go different places, you know, when there's a surge or whatever. But he was like, you know, it's also kind of weird that. Like, this app is sucking all of my data and knows everything about me. Um, and at the same time, I'm kind of not getting anything out of it. Like, I realize what it wants me to do, what's incentivizing me to do. But you know, and he also said sometimes he wondered if he would deny too many rides. Uh, you know, Lyft would kind of shadow ban him, with Lyft, which Lyft and Uber say that they don't do. But, you know, it is just kind of stressful to be like, oh, somebody is always paying attention. You know, you hear the horror stories of, like, the Amazons of the world where people are urinating in water bottles, things like that. But I think there are a lot more subtle ways that this appears as well. So how should we be looking at the future of innovation? Is it something that's just going to happen inevitably? Like, is it, or is it one of those things that we can stop it or try to control the narrative of it and make sure it's not impacting workers in negative ways? Yeah, I mean, everybody I talked to this story really said, you know, sometimes we talk about technology with this language of inevitability, that just at some point the robots will take our jobs, or at some point this will all get innovated away. And I think it's important to remember that, like, this is all human inventions, right? This isn't that the robot itself is bad, it's that your boss is telling the robot to do bad things to you sometimes. And so I think sometimes it's just being a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, experts will say just be more cautious about what we're doing and being more thoughtful when we automate things. I mean, it's not just that sometimes it makes, you know, work bad, but everybody kind of knows the example of the self-checkout, which I think is a pretty decent example of, of like an innovation that I don't think makes anybody's life specifically better. You know, who hasn't screwed up at the Target or CVS or whatever and spent 20 minutes waiting for somebody to come by. <laughs> and so I think it's just important to remember, like, none of this is inevitable and we can just be intentional you know, about how we're innovating and what we're doing in technology and why. 
Okay, well, lots to think about. Although I do think this, like, the next generation will get so used to it. So I feel like it's going to, de- you know, decrease and decrease the workplace possibly. I, well, I do wonder, especially because gig economies are such a big deal right now. Mm. I, I just wonder how that's going to shift it moving forward. Because, I mean, everyone's a freelancer are working for themselves, our company in some forms of some way. Yeah. But so. I think the point is, like, those jobs can be good jobs, right? There's a difference. Like, DoorDash doesn't have to be a bad job if there were more power for workers in America. True. Let's make things better, please. That was Emily Stewart, Vox senior reporter. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Coming up, an attorney who fights for foster children and their LGBTQ plus families joins us after this to discuss the Supreme Court's latest ruling against gay parents and what's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The U.S. Supreme Court recently ruled in favor of a Christian foster care and adoption agency. So what does this actually mean for those LGBTQ plus families who want to? Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. 
Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You foster children and adopt in the future. Well, we've got Chicago attorney Jay Paul Daratani joining us right now, who actually fights for foster children and their families and currently fostering a 12-year-old along with his husband. Love that. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, So what is your take on this recent case? We actually talked about it when it got passed, and we were told by advocates that actually we have nothing to worry about. Is that true? Oh, I don't agree at all. I think we have a lot to worry about. I think, you know, in the law, we call it the slippery slope, and and this could be the beginning of a series of cases which would recognize a religious, a supposed religious institution's right, supposed right, to discriminate on the basis of the First Amendment uh, against LGBTQ individuals, which could then turn into discrimination against any other uh, minority group, you know, for basically no reason except that they are a minority group. So is this something that you've constantly seen, and especially in your own case, how has this kind of impacted you? Is is this something that's popped up? You know, not in my particular, if you're talking about my husband and my uh, foster caring of a child. No, not directly. Although, you know, they say discrimination is in so many different forms. I've definitely, we've definitely gone to an agency in the past where we've, gotten what I would call the cold shoulder. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we didn't work with that agency. But, um, you know, I, I do see it. Now, living in Chicago, I think we see a little less of it than we're going to see out in, in sometimes the suburbs or the smaller towns. But a place like um, CSS, which this case involved, they may be the only game in town for a small or mid-sized town. And if an LGBT couple is unable to you know, if that's the only agency that they can go through in that town, then that means that they're not going to be able to bring a foster child in the home. And Sherry, that just means that another child of the 450 or 500,000 kids out there won't have a home. And that's just really unfortunate for all the parties. Definitely. And the Supreme Court case, that was ruled in Philadelphia. But what are we seeing across the country right now? Well, what we're seeing is increasing an increasing boldness for the courts to enforce laws that discriminate against LGBTQ uh, couples and uh, and in favor of supposed religious institutions. And like I keep saying to folks, it really becomes a slippery slope because, you know, in the law, as I've been a lawyer for 30 years, we call it precedent. And when there's a case out there that's precedential, then that serves as the bar. And then pretty soon the lower courts, the district courts and the appellate courts throughout the country have to follow it. And and it becomes a body of law. And that's the real danger here is once you start on a, a basis of discrimination against any group, even if it is considered, well, it's, it's, it's really, you know, they tried to justify it by saying, well, there's other organizations that the couples can go to in Philadelphia. Well, that's true. I suppose. But, you know, that that won't be true the next time in a smaller town and that won't be true in other states. And and just like in, you know, I don't want to get into the whole abortion thing, but they start eroding at the basis of it. And then pretty soon you've eroded the rights completely. 
What advice do you have for other LGBTQ parents right now or individuals who want to adopt or uh, foster? I would say, well, first of all, I would definitely go through an attorney and I would be really careful about the agencies you hire because even the ones that supposedly are not directly discriminating based upon religious uh, beliefs, they may be discriminating, period. You do run into it a lot. And if the end goal, and and I hate to say it because it's sad that we shouldn't, we should have to go around a law, but, you know, let's face it, uh, black and brown people and Asian folks have been doing it uh, for years. You know, it's just, you know, they have, you know, we avoid situations. We don't always want to fight. You want the end goal. And if the end goal is to foster or adopt a child, make sure you go find out the agencies that are really open to it and, and go through them because you may wind up with an agency that doesn't say they're discriminating, but yet if you're one of the couples of many couples, they're going to go to the heterosexual couple or the single individual or some everybody else before you. Yeah. And finally, you do have a movie out called Foster Boy that you were involved with. Tell us more. Well, it's a it's a film that I have the honor of working with Shaquille O'Neal on, and he's fantastic. He, it's a it's a story about a few of my cases. It's sort of a it's based upon a few of my cases, and uh, it involves a foster child who foster uh, youth who has to fight back against the system um, because he was abused in the system. And unfortunately, there are a lot of private foster care agencies, and then even some non-for-profit foster care agencies that really engage in bad practices, such as as putting a child in a home that they know is unsafe simply so they can get their contract dollar amount. And so I wanted to write about this because, you know, in front of a jury, we can speak for uh, that case and in front of 12 people, but I wanted to speak to the larger community and really let it be known that we have so far to go in this country. You know, we we allow for... um, privatization of foster care and now we're finally under the biden administration getting rid of uh privatized jails and prisons which i agree with but i I wish we could take it the next step and just abolish privatized foster care and return it to um at least the state or non-for-profits that are not interested in in using children as products so that's basically what the movie's about but it's also an entertaining movie it's uh it's a courtroom drama and um and I have a special announcement if you want to know what our next step is. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. As we wrap things up. Yeah, sure. Okay, sorry. Uh, the we're, Shaquille and I are working on a series right now, and we're going to be pitching that to Warner Brothers. And uh, it's looking very strong that we're going to make a series called Foster Inc. based upon the true stories of foster kids who are abused in the system. And it's going to be a a drama that we hope will be out within the next year or so. Amazing. Best of luck with that. We hope that moves forward. And by the way, Peter Samuelson, I need to now uh, go email him because I haven't talked to him in a while. He's part of this project too. Are we doing this right now? Love this. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Again, that was uh, Chicago attorney J. Paul Daratani. Thanks so much and congratulations on all of this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now coming up, drama at ESPN as they announce Malika Andrews will replace Rachel Nichols in the NBA Finals. What actually happened and went down? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
Malika Andrews will work the 2021 NBA Finals as a sideline reporter for ESPN. Now, this news came from a bunch of drama that happened over the weekend that was everywhere on social media. The network announced that Andrews would replace Rachel Nichols as the sideline reporter. Uh, After this video was leaked where uh, Nichols, who is this uh, white reporter, questioned Maria Taylor's credentials and Maria... um, is basically um, a black reporter. Wait, she's, no, Rachel she, Nichols. Now I'm messing this up. No, Maria is the black reporter. <laughs> okay. and Rachel is the white That's, woman. All right, thank you. Oh, I'm playing the clip. Yes, play okay, the clip. Sorry, this is awkward. I don't know what their next move is, but they are feeling pressure because of all of that, and I'm trying to figure out like how to just you know. My thing was like, I mean, I miss Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your like, crappy long-time record anniversary, which, by the way, I myself, like, know personally from the female segment, like, go for it. Just, you know, find it somewhere else. Like, you're not going to find it with me. Oh. So, yeah, basically, she said that uh, the network had a crappy longtime record on diversity. It was kind of hard to hear that. And so after this clip got released... You know, it didn't do well for Rachel. This wasn't necessarily something she wanted people to see or hear. I mean, maybe she uh, shouldn't. I think, here's the thing. Uh, A conversation like this, I can only imagine how many white people... Uh, get into their groups and circles and, and have these conversations about race and diversity because they also feel so left out. Um, and it's really interesting. I it, it A tweet went viral from another reporter, a black reporter, and she was just like, you know, uh, how many black journalists or just black people in general have been told that they are not supposed to be where they are because of, you know, you know, a, they're just a diversity hire. They're just an inclusion, mm. you know, hire. And to be honest, hearing a story like this um, just reminds me of so much. And, and honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if those conversations are always being had. You just you just genuinely can't trust because oftentimes I think white people, especially it's it's really interesting where you, you start mm-hmm. to see these play, uh, these conversations where white people, don't, especially now, don't really know where they fit in because they've always existed and always been told that they... Uh, can be in these spaces mm-hmm. and instead of them realizing that uh, arena is just widening to accept more people they get uh they feel entitled to uh still be where they are where they are where they existed um but because other people are getting the shine um you know you have conversations like this where you have a Rachel Nichols who is like saying that the black reporter is only hired in the position and all her talent is only because of diversity yeah, and that's not, that's not the fair. case that's not the case at all um and it's just a disappointing thing that you you constantly see and i i i mean even today uh, Nicole Hannah Jones, who's a Pulitzer Prize winner, she's also uh, she headed up the 1619 Project at the New York Times. Uh, there was a whole situation of her. She was on Good Morning America, not Good Morning, but CBS This Morning, mm-hmm. uh, where she basically declined her offer to be uh, a tenure at the University of North Carolina because they didn't want to give her um, tenure when they have given former people in that position who were, just so happened to be white. You know, and and 
they didn't want to give her that tenure, so she ended up going somewhere else. She went to uh, she went to announce uh, very live and publicly that she's going to Howard University. But it's one of those things where don't stay somewhere where you're not appreciated. You know, don't stay somewhere where you, there are people are tolerating you. And I just wonder how Maria is handling this, and how now Malika, who is taking Rachel's spot, has to 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 deal with all the the hateration of it all. Um, because people like Rachel and other folks believe that we're only in these positions because of diversity and, and, and inclusion instead of our talent. And that sucks to uh, feel like you f- you think that that's what people are thinking. I, I, yeah, I can't imagine um, that. And we got to do better. And we got to give people the credit they deserve for the work they're doing because they deserve to be there. But, I, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I wonder because I do know there's probably why people who are just like, well, where do I fit in now? You know, but. Screw you. I mean, I think that, listen, if you're good at what you no, do, just, yeah, there's a wider that's, that's, net. I'll just be joking. More, just there's more opportunity, which is amazing. More people who haven't been able to have a voice in a position are getting to. And so. But that's no, that's not saying that you don't exist less. Yeah, and the diversity and inclusion is not about moving another group to the background. It's about making more space for yes. more people to come that's, forward. That's all we need to, <laughs> that's, like, that's we need to, like, idea. shift and reframe that conversation because people, as you mentioned, are having that convo and we need to focus on this way of looking at it. Uh, So yeah, let us know what you think about all of this at LGT Shows where you can find us on social media. Coming up, Ohio will now allow medical providers to refuse treatment that violates their religious beliefs. How that could affect the LGBTQ community. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're back. <laughs> we are. We got back. more show for you. And coming up, this is an interesting topic: how to love someone who has poor personal hygiene. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. So you don't. I, I refuse to. Producer Vanessa loved this topic. I don't know why, because it's an easy, quick answer. Well, that's in 30 minutes, because someone out there who's listening, this resonates for you, and I know Dump you're them. Out there. Dump that person. Write them a nice letter, or I don't know, tell them, and and just go. We too grown to be out here with bad hygiene. Plus, a queer icon... Uh, their house was robbed over the weekend. We'll tell you who in a moment in the Tea Report. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Ohio will now allow medical providers to refuse treatment that violates their religious beliefs after conservatives basically snuck language into the state budget at the last minute. While supporters say the provision does not permit discrimination against marginalized 
populations, advocates believe that it will prevent LGBTQ plus folks from receiving treatment for their particular health care needs. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine approved the language permitting doctors, nurses and other health care pr- uh, practitioners to decline to perform, participate in or pay for any health care services which violates a practitioner's institutions or payers conscience. Conscience? How is that even in a bill? Well, it is. Now, trials of four day week in Iceland were an overwhelming success and led to many workers moving to shorter hours. This is according to re- researchers. I love this. Okay, four day week. We've been talking about this. The trials in which workers are paid the same amount for shorter hours took place between 2015 and 2019. Productivity remained the same or improved in the majority of workplaces. A number of other trials are now being run across the world, including Spain also uh, and in New Zealand. And a range of workplaces took part, preschools, offices, social service providers, and hospitals. Many of them moved from a 40-hour week to a 35- or 36-hour week. And workers reported feeling less stressed and at risk of burnout and said their health and work-life balance had improved. They also reported having more time to spend with their families, do hobbies, and complete household chores. Imagine that. I think it's coming. Four-day work week. Come on. Now, this is some breaking news. Shikari Richardson has been left off the U.S. 4x100 relay team. She will officially miss the Tokyo Olympics. She tweeted actually yesterday, I'm sorry I can't be y'all Olympic champ this year, but I promise I'll be your world champ next year. Last week, it was announced that she tested positive for THC, found in marijuana, and was given a one-month suspension. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Todrick Hall had a very rocky 4th of July weekend. It's time for the tea reports. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So his Los Angeles home has been broken into and robbed while the singer and dancer was away for a few days in London. TMZ broke the news yesterday, uh, basically said that law uh, law enforcement officers reported a back window had been smashed to allow entry. It said at least about $60,000 in handbags and other personal items have been taken. Wow. The LAPD is continuing to investigate. Um, Todrick also confirmed everything by uh, tweeting saying, uh, I am okay and unharmed. I'm devastated that someone would do this to me and even more disturbed to see people celebrating and laughing about it online. Hmm. He said, this happened less than an hour after my cat sitter left my home and I'm just happy that my cats have all been found and are safe. Uh, he said, I'm taking a break from social media for a few days to wrap my head around this and get my mind together. Be careful who you let in your close circles. They will really put your life and their life on the line just to sell a Louis and Gucci bag. It's oh sad. You know what? Here's the thing. Todrick's very flashy, in my opinion. And when you're flashy with your stuff, Kim Kardashian learned it best. People will rob you and have no problem setting up elaborate schemes to do it. Back in the 2000s, there was a huge elaborate scheme where celebrities were going out. Remember, though? It was like all these teen kids. Yeah, it was, it was a movie. A, it was like a it movie. Was called, yeah, we had the author of uh, that movie on our show. Actually. Yeah, for it, uh, the bl- a Bling Ring. Bling Ring. Yes, and so I'm just saying, you can't be out here... Uh, one, Todrick just got his dream home. He's he's shown customized beds. And for me, um, that's something that you don't do. I'm 
I mean, yeah, I've I, I've talked to folks about that who have a house, and there are people that won't take any pictures around their house, whether they're as public as Tajik or otherwise. They just do things publicly, like yeah. at a certain point in their professional life. Especially when you're showing that you're off in London and you're not home. Exactly. It's it's better. Well, of course, good on you for enjoying everything that you've gotten through your hard work, but Girl. yeah. Yeah, but um, I will say this. I did text him to say, um, Good. you know, I saw the news, sending you some love. But, yeah, girl, stop putting your business out there. Get your life together. That's it. All right, I got more to report next hour. That's, that's some tough love. It's good to pretend you're poor. That, I mean, be That's poor's, the new thing to there's do. Per, there's perks to being <laughs> poor. Now, coming up, why vacations feel like they're over before they even start. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. In a study uh, done, about half of the people surveyed indicated that their upcoming weekend trip felt like it would end as soon as it started. How sad is that, right? That's where our minds go, though. One of the researchers from that study joins us, Dr. Celine Malcoach, an associate professor of marketing at Ohio State. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So what was this study all about exactly? Why get into people's mindset before a vacation? Well, uh, if I'm being really honest, it's because of uh, my own experiences and my culture's own experiences, Uh, especially during the pandemic. We all, you know, looked forward to vacations that we didn't get to have last year. And as they started to approach, in some ways, we started realizing that ourselves are just like having this illusion of we are not going to have this vacation at all. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to see if you were the odd ones that it's having this like weird illusion or it was something that everybody else experienced or at least some people experienced. And thus the investigation started. So I guess when you're thinking about vacations, like define that. Do you have to be somewhere on a tropical island or is it just what a long weekend? Oh, it could be anything. I mean, we looked at, uh, you know, long weekends for most part. We did look at vacations. We even looked at events that are just like videos, very short-lived videos that we know is going to come that's going to be positive. So it really doesn't have to be anything special. It just has to be something you look forward to. And it in and of itself has some duration. And so what happens? People just like, you know, get they have something coming up and then they're just like, it's over. Like, how does that impact the actual experience? Well, so it's, I think, important to uh, clarify how we measure things. Yeah. What we are doing here is uh, trying to see whether two different pieces that we have when we're thinking about the duration of an event uh, work together to create this. So we are asking how long the beginning of the event feels like. So how long will your vacation feel like? Uh, the beginning of your location feels from today. And then we also ask them how long does the end of the vacation feel from today? They all answer this question on like a one to 100 point slider scale so they slide a uh, you know marker to tell us how far it feels from today and what we find is that if you subtract those two things for about half the people it comes out as zero right so they tell me that for instance uh, the distance from today to the beginning of my vacation is at 27 and then today till the end of their vacation is also 27. It is a crazy finding but it tells it, it basically happens because people both uh, feel like the beginning of a good thing is further away than it is because they hate waiting for it. Mm. And it also feels like it's going to come fast because they think that if they're having fun during a vacation, it's just going to pass by. And when you put those two things together, it just feels like the duration is basically gone. 
Wait, do you think people still will feel that way, especially going on their first vacation out of the pandemic? Like, do you think well, they'll re- if, enjoy it more? If our you know, findings are correct, they will actually have that feeling even more because it is all about our intuition, our belief that uh, time will fly when we are having fun. And the more we look forward to that fun, the more uh, we observe this effect. Wow, Shira, your vacation's My vacay is, I'm leaving on Saturday. So I guess, how can we reapproach how we take time off for our vacations to really, like, so it doesn't feel like it's over before it starts? Can we shift our thinking? Yeah. Well, it's actually relatively easy. You cannot eliminate a lot of these because these are perceptual biases or, uh, you know, experiences that come from our actual uh, lived experiences that we have come to generalize. But a very simple way to make it at least a little better is to remind ourselves the actual duration of the vacation and not just the subjective feeling. Uh, you know, if you focus on the fact that you're going to have seven separate days or two separate days or whatever it is, and make us realize that each of those days as separate events, those uh, individual days feel much longer combined together than, uh, you know, when you think about them separately and then combine them in your mind, they feel much longer than if you thought about them as one vacation altogether. I agree. Perception is everything. Well, thank you f- so much for this. Uh, we appreciate it. Something to think about. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, you know, I've done other work shows pretty much the same thing, that if you have to be thinking about time as it actually is and not what we perceive it to be, because, you know, perception is a feeble thing and it strays us. Uh, awry a lot of the times when we're thinking about our time. And what do we do with this now? Are you doing anything with this information now that we've got it? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm doing what I told you to do. I'm trying to, I'm on my vacation right now and, you know, my vacation has smaller pieces in it and I'm trying to focus on them one at a time, remind myself that they're really not going to go by and I can enjoy them and hoping that it's working. <laughs> Well, we we thank you for joining us on your vacation. (laughs) That was uh, Dr. Celine Malkoch, an associate professor of marketing at Ohio State. Have a great rest of your time there. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Coming up, how to love someone who has poor personal hygiene. We're here for you all around. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So this is something that comes up in intimate relationships, you know, with maybe a colleague or even a friend. What do you do when someone you're close to has bad hygiene? Do you push them away? Now, this could be difficult because you could love that person. But I mean, it can be hard to still continue to hang out with someone like that. And then what do you say? Like, how do you even bring it up? Without insulting them. Have you had anyone that had biology? Um, no. All right, I'll be honest. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to be doing. I think I've been the one to have bad hygiene. Oh, <laughs> no! Actually, my. I have good. All right, let's no, be clear. Wait a second. She smells off. No. And I'm Here's like, the yeah, thing. Girl, Let me. I have good. <laughs> I have good hygiene. believes in Let natural deodorant. Things that smell like no, grass and tree oak. I actually have really good oak. natural deodorant. Um, I, just, I don't believe in that natural deodorant mess. You know, Here's when you start going to clean products <laughs> and you don't get that good Dove or that good, you know. No. I don't know, but like, there's got to be something. Okay, listen. 
it's not that bad. I was kind of being dramatic. No. But it's okay. no, I've noticed. First of all, don't be embarrassed. You said it. Stand in it. Let me just continue Chris to explain. Loves you. Thank you. We should call him up and ask him. No, I mean, we're I, trying to get our, our Well, our let's see. If we don't get him, on. we're going to call him up and bring him up. I, honestly, at this point. So, listen. So, I have, in previous relationships, my last relationship asked if uh, I had bad breath. Because that's the first thing, like morning breath, right? When you get comfortable in a relationship, is yeah. it bad? Because you right. don't say it at first, the beginning of the relationship. Yeah. And so, my ex used to be like, well, kind, I mean, it's not like sometimes you do. But then in my head, I was like, well, he doesn't really have that bad breath. So I'm like, what does mine smell like? You don't know. Do you not smell your, like, Even when I do check? your tan check, I don't I don't think it's that bad. But then, mm-hmm. also because I am I need a floss. Like, I definitely have uh, some issues. Like, I... <laughs> all right. Then, the, um, the, the you know, my... This is my, a safe space, everyone. <laughs> safe space. My, I, my armpits, like, I feel like I never dealt with the puberty bad armpit, like, B.O. But I, as I get mm-hmm. older... Let me tell Coming you, it gets worse. it's hormonal. And so my boyfriend she recently said to me, to say uh, this is actually stinks. funny. Wait, this is the climax <laughs> is coming here. Okay. So uh, recently I finally updated my perfume because I hadn't done it during the pandemic. My okay. boyfriend goes, wow, you have a new smell. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? He goes, no, so I'm not used to you wearing perfume. I mean, you kind of have your just your own odor. Oh, God. And I go, what is that? Mean. Oh, not this own. He goes, owner. no, but I love you so much. I love your smell, no matter what. Mm. Okay, so here's questionable. The thing. I've dealt, and our guest is on the line. Oh. But to be honest, we'll talk to them in the next break because they were late. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's important to to talk about this because. Yeah. I dealt with not me having the body order, but I had to tell my my ex about you know you know guys when they in the le- you know the lower regions when they oh, get to sweat and stuff regions. and you know you can't just be spontaneous when it comes That's to hard. gay sex. I mean, like, in you general, just, you can't. In, in general, you can't. And so for me, yeah. it's one of those things where I had we had to have very honest conversations about it and being like, you know, this has to things have to kind of change. Like, you know, before and after we can't be as spontaneous as you want to be unless we're kind of planning for the spontaneous. See, I feel self-conscious, but then I'll ask my man and he'll be like, no, like yeah. he's into it. So I think that you need to be able to create the communication. A lot of, and I've been told this by my partner, that a lot of women he, he's been with have been very embarrassed about, I like, bet. down there yeah. being fully open because there's a lot of, like, stigmas. Like, there's this feeling of, like, oh, does it is it okay? Does it smell good? Is it this? But I will We're say, real if it's a repetitive thing here, but you have, if it's a yes. repetitive thing, I'm sorry, okay, if what? it's a repetitive thing, honey, I'm sorry. I'm pa- I'm packing you a care package with soaps and and smell good. Sometimes and I'm sending soaps, you you're on your way. It's don't even work. Like sometimes there's I can't, other I can't issues. Talk about a woman's pH balance. I don't know anything <laughs> about that. So for me, I don't I don't know that. And so for me, I can talk about from the man's perspective where I'm packing a care package and sending you on your don't way. Do you just need some powder or something like baby? No, powder? you need you need. I mean. When I tell you the must is oh, real, God. I'm just being honest. If we're going to have a real honest conversation, I just don't understand how you stay with someone who has continuous body odor. And so let's um, have our guests on An coming expert. up after this because this is the person we're hearing from because clearly I'm a heartless B-word. Bye. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We've been talking about dealing with someone who has poor personal hygiene in your life. We've shared our personal stories. And if you missed that, well, then you can listen to it on our podcast, right? Because we uh, got real. Joining us right now is 
Nicole Saunders, a licensed clinical social worker and life coach, offering therapy and life coaching services to help people address a lot of things, including, obviously, poor personal hygiene. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So how can someone deal with this? Like, how do you bring this up to uh, a friend or a partner? It's obviously a really sensitive subject, and I feel like there's a couple different approaches. One is um, kind of like y'all were talking about before. On one hand, if it's somebody new and this is just sort of a difference in how you come at hygiene, I honestly think it's okay to tell somebody that this is just a deal breaker. Not Maybe I'm heartless too, but I, I think that this can be something that is similar to any other lifestyle you know, preference choices. Somebody likes, someone is um, a morning person or a night person. Sometimes those like very, they might seem surface level differences, but at the very beginning of a relationship, if you don't match up on some of those basic things and hygiene is a basic thing, then sometimes I think that's okay for that to be a deal breaker. No, I agree. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying I agree. If it's someone you've been in a relationship for, and, and the biggest thing is if it's something that has changed, that's when I feel like maybe there's a, this is a warning sign. And so that's when I think you've got to come at it with a lot of love, compassion, empathy, and so that you don't come off as critical in the event. You know, it could be a sign of depression because mm. not taking care of yourself, lock, loss of, or lack of hygiene is one of the first things that happens when people hit those low points in life. Well, by the way, I have sometimes smell issues, but I don't, I shower every day. So here's the thing. Besides that little preface, I don't know what that is. But okay, I I think what's really interesting is talking about how we've all kind of changed, especially during last year and the COVID of it all, when we were at Mm -hmm. home. You know, some people, we talked about it here. Some people decided to shower less or forgot to brush their teeth as often because we weren't going anywhere. And so my thing is, if in that, if you're in a relationship with someone who kind of, kind of like lost the mm. uh, the importance of that throughout this pr- moment, and then now kind of life is getting back together, and you're like, oh, so they're still doing it. Like I don't remember the last time they showered or the last time they, you know, right. w- you know, washed their hands or brushed their teeth. How are you supposed to move? Like you know, ask them or talk to them about it, being like, hey, hon, this is an issue that I've noticed before, but now it's really here still. Right. So you're saying the people, so the hygiene that kind of took a break during COVID and now that things are kind of coming back to normal, but the hygiene is lagging. Yeah. I think in that case, this is where it's maybe, I mean, A, you can just be direct with kindness, but I think you can also use positive reinforcement. So it can be something like, you know, I really love the way you smell after a shower. Like it's just mm. that, like, or, you know, I really, your hair is so, I love how soft it is after you wash it or, or the perfume thing, you know, like that perfume just smells so good on you. Or, um, you know, I love to see you in a pair of pants that zip. Because it might funny. just be the gentle nudge that, hey, you're not doing some of those things you got, you, you used to do for good reason, but now it's time to, you know, act like people are going to see you again and be around you. Fascinating. What do you do if uh, it's not working? If it's not working again, it's sort of like the understanding the why. Um, why is your partner? Why do they? Why are they struggling to meet you in the middle? Why is your need? Why does they not? Why do they not hear your need? Um, and then you know you've got to decide how important is it to you because you can't. It's telling someone to change who doesn't want to. That's 
that's a tough thing that people, you know, fall up, break up over all the time. Totally. Might not work. You know, the smells are a lot of like, if, if you're attracted to someone's smell, there's pheromones and like attraction mm-hmm. and chemistry. They might not be your smell because you're not meant to be with them. Oh, that's true. That's too. a big thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, like there's someone's natural that. smell. If you're attracted to their natural smell, it means there's like chemistry. It's like What's biologically. What's smell mean? Like <laughs> out of the gym? Like what does that mean? <laughs> well, it means like even the sweat smell is okay for you. No, I don't think that's true. I think Supposedly. that's I think we're going to have to really okay. find some science uh, Thank you. That. that was Nicole Saunders, a licensed clinical social worker, life coach based in Charlotte. Have a great night. Thank you. Y'all have a good one. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yaz Queen of the day. Yes, Queen. A transgender teen is taking over the crypto space and NFTs. We've talked about this before. So uh, Victor is an 18-year-old and a rising star who has made over $18 million selling his work. Isn't that incredible? Huge. It is huge. Last year, he began selling digital works on the NFT marketplace Nifty Gateway, if you're wondering. This is one of the sites they sell it on, Nifty Gateway. He earned $25,000 for a piece called Moment I Fell in Love in November, and that funded his move to Seattle. And then he uh, sold overanalyzing again, another piece of art, which brought in $35,000. And then March 6th, The Everlasting Beautiful, these are all his pieces of art, sold for $550,000. Since all of that, in less than a year... He has earned just under $18 million, as I mentioned. And Christy says he's the youngest artist to have work sold through their auction house. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And so, yeah, he's incredible. He has begun transitioning now with all his wealth and money. He's living his best life. As he should. Exactly. So that gets a big yes queen of the day. I mean, folks wonder... What's going on with these NFTs, crypto, and everything? But some people are <laughs> living their best life. Still doesn't make sense. It doesn't, but somehow it does. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, check out this young man, Victor Fuocious. <laughs> Victor Langua. And that does it for our show today. All right. Yes, Queen. But we are back tomorrow, weekdays here on Channel Q Live, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, we're looking at why the ruling against swim caps for Afro hair at the Olympics is a step backward for sports. Plus, if you want to sound smarter, smarter but not pretentious, we're here to help you on tomorrow's show. And if you miss any of our shows or podcasts, we post everything after the live show. Just go to the Odyssey app where our podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. And stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris where he's covering how to live single and happy. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 